Again, Medical Education Podcast listeners, this is Kevin Eva, the editor-in-chief of the journal, speaking today from Vancouver yet again. Not much traveling happening these days. It's not in most parts of the world. I have the delight, though, of speaking with Natasha Lohmann, who is completing a PhD at Radboud University Medical Center, where she's working in the Department of Primary and Community Care, as well as a couple of other places. And Natasha, I understand this is getting very close to being past tense when I say completing a PhD. You're only a few months away now, so congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> the work that we're going to talk about, I understand to be part of your dissertation. Now you can correct me if that's wrong, but the title for those who are listening is Exploring Power Dynamics and Their Impact on Interprofessional Learning. It'll be found in the April 2022 issue of Medical Education. Is it power or interprofessional learning or some other concept that really forms the core of your dissertation work? And how does this paper fit into that bigger picture that you're working on? Yeah, now actually both, both parts uh, will be part of my PhD project. I started by investigating intraprofessional learning by primary care residents and medical specialty residents during hospital placements. And to give you a little bit of context, during their postgraduate training, primary care residents undertake a hospital placement in the same departments where medical specialty residents are working and are in training. So these placements could provide opportunities for learning intraprofessional collaboration between these two parts. So we started with an ethnographic study to see what kind of barriers and facilitators are there for intraprofessional learning. And it was more or less by chance that we investigated power and power dynamics. Because when we were doing this, this study, power and power dynamics repeatedly came up in our interviews, even though we as researchers were not initially addressing that. But after about 15 interviews, we thought, well, this topic is coming and coming. Maybe we should delve deeper into this to really understand power, power dynamics and their impact on intraprofessional learning. And just before we you know, get a little bit deeper into those interactions, just want to make sure that we're all on the same page in terms of intraprofessional collaboration. So most of the literature that I've come across anyway in recent years has focused on trying to build and support interprofessional learning. And whenever we talk about collaboration, it's the collaboration between professions that often mm-hmm. comes up. When you say interprofessional, do you always mean between primary care and medical specialty? Or do you also mean within either of those groups? How is intraprofessional collaboration different from interprofessional collaboration mm-hmm. and the skills involved? Yes, that's that's a good question. So it's different and not that different because physicians, doctors are one profession because they are all physicians. And then they call it intra-professional because it's one profession. And when these are two professions, for example, a doctor and a nurse, then we talk about inter-professional collaboration. And I focus on different doctors. So it's it's intra-professional collaboration. But the difference between, for example, a general practitioner and a surgeon, these are big differences. So the skills needed for good collaboration is maybe even a big difference as the skills needed for collaboration between a surgeon and a physical therapist or something like that. So I think the skills needed for good collaboration is not that difference 
but we still have to talk about intra-professional collaboration. And be very deliberate about training and support and enabling of good performance within those environments. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, And so you started to allude to the notion that power dynamics came up regularly, even though you weren't anticipating it. What were some of the things that led you to those early impressions that it was particularly central to these interactions? All kinds of power dynamics. When we think about power dynamics, we think more or less in a negative way. That's not right, because power dynamics is the way in which power impacts the interaction between two or more people or groups. It's not necessarily negative. It's neutral, but the impact and manifestation of power dynamics can be unconstructive or constructive. And we recognize both. We recognize constructive manifestations of power dynamics, which were helpful for intraprofessional learning, but we also mentioned negative, unconstructive manifestations of power dynamics. To give you an example, when the power distribution is based on equity and everyone has a role and responsibility based on equity and consultation is based on equity, then the power dynamics could create a safe learning environment, which is good for fostering intraprofessional learning. But at the other hand, when people have biases and judgmental beliefs about each other and they are expressing negative beliefs and attitudes about that profession, then this could lead to non-constructive power dynamics. And that gives a little bit of tension and it's not helpful for intraprofessional learning. And let me back up just a little bit again, because we should let people know what you did to enable observations of the type that you just named. So the study, in addition to undertaking interviews, as might be most prevalent in qualitative research of this type, you also made a bit of an observational effort. Can you set the stage for listeners in terms of what sort of things you set out to watch and whether or not there were any particulars that defined a situation as being relevant? Yes, yes, sure. Yeah, yeah, we started with observations at six hospital departments in five different hospitals. And we shadowed primary care residents, for example. We observed education meetings, the handovers in the morning, or team meetings and discussions and so on. So we observed situations where primary care residents and medical specialist residents are in the same place or they are working together in these hospital departments. And after one day of observations, we interviewed the residents, primary care and medical specialty residents, and also the supervisors to ask deeper questions about what we have observed during uh, these days. And in total, we did 42 in-depth interviews. And each time those interviews were built around a particular period of observation where you were trying to better understand their perspective on the interactions that you observed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it sounds like a wide array of contexts and really wherever these interactions between different types of physicians were taking place. Anything that happened in the hospital that included primary care residents and medical specialty residents was a source of observation. Yes, we observed them during their daily work and their daily work start with a handover, for example, and then discussing about patient cases and having consultations and consult each other about 
a patient case or something. And then in the afternoon, they have team meetings with different professions, for example, or an education session. So we stayed the whole day and we observed everything what was part of their daily work. And so when I link that variety of contexts with what you said about whether the situation is very hierarchical or more equity-based, was it the particulars of those situations that drove where the interactions were on that continuum? Or was it the people that were involved? Do you have any feel for when things became detrimentally hierarchical versus when they were more effectively equity-based? Yes, I think it depends on both contexts and persons. For example, there was a handover and all the medical specialist supervisors were sitting around the table and the medical specialist residents were also sitting on one table. So they were discussing about patients and the primary care resident has to sit in the second rank next to the undergraduate students. So this is a big threshold for the primary care resident to put something in the discussion or ask something. And they were not really aware of it. They had something like, oh, well, now you mention it. Yeah, it's maybe not that functional to do it. But also that physicians said, yeah, we have all kinds of beliefs about each other. We have beliefs about primary care physicians, about what they can and cannot do. And when a patient is referred to late, we have all kinds of beliefs like, see, here we go again. They missed the diagnose. But they said also, but to be honest, we don't get to see everything. We don't see what everything, what goes well. And we don't know what limitations they have. So they were aware of their own biases. And then they said, well, we have primary care residents here in our department. And what we do now is we ask more openly, we verify things with them, and we really engage with them differently. And they experienced their research that the collaboration was much more respectful and constructive. So what you see is being aware of judgmental beliefs, uh, recognizing biases. It could be a first step in balancing these power dynamics, provided that this is followed by respectful and open interactions and inviting each other and having the discussion and really being open for other perspectives and feedback and so on. And within all that, was there a distinction made by your participants between the interactions that were enabling or for learning versus the interactions that were taking place to provide care? Were there similar issues that were preventing or facilitating people undertaking the task that they were most trying to achieve? Yeah, I think it's the same because it's workplace-based learning. So they learn by doing their work. And they say, for example, when we have an open interaction and it's merely a technical skill and we are not really open for other kinds of perspectives, then you still create power dynamics. The underlying biases will still create or maintain power dynamics. But they also said when we really are aware of what kind of questions, what kind of language we use about how we express ourselves to check on them. Hey, I have a thought, but I will check. Did I really help you with this? What do you need from me? Why do you want to refer this patient? Then this is helpful for collaboration, but also for learning collaboration and for learning from each other. So what can we done about it when you 
talk about exploring these dynamics in an education context. Obviously, the goal is to try to help people do this better. Were these beliefs that you described so ingrained that it felt like that was just part of the culture and there was no way to change it? Or when you mentioned that people became aware of some of their beliefs by having the conversation, did that start to enable them to see ways in which learning and practice could be different? Yes, what can be done? I think it's very important to be aware of power dynamics because power and power dynamics are often not openly discussed. So start by discussing it, start by acknowledging that power dynamics, they are omnipresent. So I think this is one thing, making your implicit beliefs explicit. So know what you think and how you act and what kind of attitude you use. But you can also use practical things like having conversation rules and consistently remain each other of the way how you will talk about and with each other or having supervisors creating active policies, for example, to treat each other with respect. So there is a hierarchy in knowledge, but consultation and collaboration should be based on equity. And then it's very important to talk about each other about disruptive behavior and a supervisor can do it to a supervisor and a resident won't say something about it to a supervisor uh, that easy, but also sharing a physical space in which people can talk with each other face to face. So not in a hierarchical situation, but just on the same level. And also things like a personal briefing and sharing thoughts and feelings and so on. It really helps for bonding. So these are practical things you can do in education and at the workplace to enable constructive manifestation of power dynamics. And in writing about that manifestation, you use a compelling phrase of fearless learning and and write as though that's the ultimate goal of all those efforts that you just described. How are you defining fearless learning or why is it the goal for you? Yeah, and fearless learning is very important that everyone feels free to ask each other's questions, to speak up, to share their perspective and so on. So one resident, for example, said, well, I can share my primary care guidelines or my vision about this, but I see and I feel that they are not open for it and they swept it off the table. And when people has the idea that the other person is not really open for them, it could create a tension. Or what we read in other studies, when people are maybe a bit intimidated or something like that, then this could create interpersonal fear. This is not exactly what we saw, but we saw that people kept their mouth shut because they felt not free or safe to speak up or tell their perspective. That certainly sounds like a laudable goal then to try to help enable learning just by putting people in that position where they feel like they can't take risks and make mistakes. And I'll thank you for drawing our attention to the power dynamics that are occurring within profession and remind people that the specific paper we've been talking about is called Exploring Power Dynamics and Their Impact on Interprofessional Learning. It'll be in the April 2022 issue of Medical Education. And you've been listening to Natasha Lohman, whose PhD work is what led to that article.
Thank you, Natasha, for all your time and good luck with the next few months. I know it'll be a busy one, but it'll be exciting all the same. Thank you very much and thank you for this invitation.